Hi, I'm Nikki Pope, your host for the Respectfully podcast. Today, our guest is Joe Hill, a fantastic colorist and educator with Aveda. This year, Aveda has made the announcement that they are now 100% vegan in all their processes and practices from the supply chain right through to getting the products into the salons. So we will be talking to Joe about this, but also about his take on how we've managed the COVID lockdowns and what to expect when salons reopen again, particularly for colour services. So grab yourself a cup of tea, put your feet up and let's go. Hello and welcome to the Respectfully podcast. I'm Nikki Pope and welcome Joe Hill to the Respectfully studio. Thank you very much, Nikki. It's a pleasure to spend some time with you. Thank you for having yes. me on. Yes, haven't seen you for well months probably. I, I think since we worked together last year. So I'm talking to you from a very rainy London. I think you're somewhere up north. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so I'm up in Chester, in between Chester, uh, in between Liverpool and Manchester. So uh, just looking outside, it's nice and blue skies outside here at the moment. So we're all good. <laughs> oh, and what? So what's your sort of setup there, Joe? Have you got like a studio or? Because I can see like shelves of colour all beautifully stacked do you do you have somewhere that you invent and play and practice I do yeah because you know I kind of think from every hairdresser's perspective throughout throughout lockdown we've kind of wanted to get hands-on a little bit with colour haven't we and I was fed up of me creating such a mess in my kitchen to be quite (laughs) frank and taking over the whole house so um, I've just got a little room in the front of my house and I've got all of my colours set up, all of my dolly heads set up and I've got a little desk where I can do all of my Zoom calls and catch up with teammates and things like that. So yeah, I think that to be honest, that's been a real necessity for me, for, for my own sanity and for also my partner as well. Yeah, I think it's interesting, isn't it? So the word artist, I know at Aveda you, you refer to people as Aveda artists and I think that word for hairdressers um, and colourists together is actually become really important Mm. in the last 12 months because you are creative beings I think for Mm. those of us non-gifted hair people it's become much more apparent to me how as artists you you almost have to feed your soul don't you you have to create oh absolutely I always say creativity is intelligence in disguise that's like a little (laughs) motto of mine that I always use and I think that hairdressers have this canvas which is hair and they're constantly creating and um, that is their canvas at the end of the day. And I think that we are all artists in our own right. And what I really love about that term artists is when you look at painters, they all have their own unique identity and their own unique way they like to paint. And I think that that's exactly the same when we talk about hairdressers or Vader artists. You get hairdressers that love to paint wild and really assertive, bold colours. And then you get hairdressers that like to whisper and do beautiful balayage and really soft effects. So yeah, yeah absolutely. And there's something for everyone. Now, your title intrigues me. So my, <laughs> my, I had to write it down here. Joe Hill is International Technical Capability and Design Manager at Aveda UK and Ireland. Now, I'm sure you don't introduce yourself as that at parties. So what does it mean? What, is, what do you do So yeah, that title? It's a bit of a mouthful, that one. So um, yeah, I'm based here in the UK, uh, based from, from London, from our head office. And what I do is I help the, the UK and Ireland market with, and, and the international market as well, with kind of the technical capability as a business. So really kind of 
working with Aveda artists, working with the, the wider color community to really make sure that we're communicating color the right way to the hairdresser, but also to the consumer as well. And then I also work with marketing and all the different sort of platforms within the business to really make sure that we're designing the right curriculum from a social perspective, but also from an education perspective as well. No day is ever a boring day. That's all no, I say. Sounds really interesting. <laughs> and we're prompted to talk in particular by the excitement of 2021 that Aveda is now 100% vegan yes, in products and supply. So what does that mean for a colorist? What's the sort of headline um, takeaway from that statement that, that a colorist that either is an Aveda colorist or somebody who's attracted to or interested by, like, how does that work? Absolutely. I mean, Aveda, since we founded our company in 1978, it's always been our mission to be sustainable, to be green and to be clean. And, you know, one thing that I'd like to say on, on the vegan perspective is we've always been a cruelty free brand. So since day one, we've always tested on humans first. So um, yeah, we've always been a cruelty-free brand. However, January 2021, so we've just um, launched being 100% vegan overall brand, but especially a colour brand. And I think that one of the main reasons why we decided to do this is because, you know, veganism is becoming much more of a thing. And also, I think that guests are now becoming more interested about what ingredients are in their products they're more intrigued about it they want to know exactly what's being applied to their hair and how that technology works um, but for an example of our, our colour our, our colour has always been naturally derived um, but we just had two key ingredients which were honey and beeswax which were in our colour uh, which were just cosmetic agents to add shine and condition we've now taken those ingredients out and replaced them with other cosmetic ingredients but I think that, you know, with the rise of veganism and again, this awareness from guests, it's important that we're completely transparent with exactly what's in our products. Right. So they, so they haven't changed particularly to adhere to that statement. It's, it's so, as you mentioned, there's two key ingredients that, that did need to be changed. Mm -hmm. But so it's not like one day you were like not at all vegan and now you're 100% vegan. It's been part yeah. of the, the story. Yeah, it's in our DNA since day one, if you like. And it's something that we've kind of just started to market more. But there's one thing that I would like to say about having working for a brand that's naturally derived and being a vegan brand is this isn't a trend for us. You know, it, it is very much who we are and what we believe in as a company. I just yeah. think that right now it's very current and we really want to celebrate who we are. Yeah. So there's no compromise on performance because um, the, the full spectrum colours from last year were a real wow Yes, palette, of course. With, yeah. with really zingy, um, mm. fresh, bright. And actually, it's interesting because actually nature has anyway a lot of very fresh, mm. bright, zingy colour in it. So it makes sense that you would reflect that in, in colours. So uh, people talk about, you know, bold colour. They talk about fashion colours, mm. but actually they're nature's colours. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, when you're talking about technology within Colour Line, I think that Aveda really is at the forefront of of, of any of the colour brands that I've ever worked with. And it's very much for the artist and for the hairdresser. Uh, an example of that, that I can give you, one of my favourite things about working with Aveda as a brand is we are a fully customisable hair colour brand. So what that means is that we kind of have like a every color choice that you can imagine from semi-opaque, permanent, opaque, permanent color, demi-color lines, semi-color lines, lighteners, you name it, we can offer it, but we offer it in a customizable system. So that means that you have the choice to 
You know, when you choose your paint, you have the choice to choose dark, light, and then you can add your tone into that dependent on how strong you want that tonal quality. So when you're mixing colour, honestly, from my perspective with a Vader, it's very much like you're mixing paint. You're personalising that colour palette to each individual guest. And I think that that's technology, but also it's creating an experience for each individual guest. And I think that that's what we need to do more with our clients and our salon guests right now is kind of hook them in and get them involved with that kind of mixology of how we're creating that beautiful colour for them. Yeah, I think we have travelled a long way in the last, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years as far as colour services go and, and the interest that the consumer has in colour services. Are we, is what's leading what? Are the consumers more interested because we're producing better colour choices and getting better at it? Or is the demand pulling through better skills from colourists? Oh, God, that's a good question. Because I feel like it's a real <laughs> mixture of both. I feel like it's yeah. a real mixture of both. You know, I think that there's one thing that I've learned about lockdown, Nikki, and it's that hairdressers, everybody has so much more time on their hands now, don't they? They have so much more time on their hands to do this research, to really understand from a consumer perspective, what they're putting on their scalp, what they're putting on their hair. Is it the right product for them? Do they like the fragrance, the aroma of it? Do they like the brand ethos? You know, they're doing that research. But I think from a hairdresser's perspective, hairdressers are really understanding now that technology plays a key, key, key role in how innovative your business is. You know, just I'm looking just as an example, you know, balayage has become one of the key, key, key um, trends and services in salon these days. And a lot of our salons now want to work with a freehand lightener, which has a clay base to it. So it doesn't expand and it gives the right sort of effect. So, you know, for me, it's all about it's always going to start with the consumer and what their wants are. And, and, and I think it goes next to the hairdresser to really find out what product is going to work for them to achieve that look. So I, I would say it's a kind of a mixture of both. Yeah, it's an interesting balance, isn't it? Mm. So I think, so we are generally in agreement that clients are more interested in mm -hmm. processes as in where their colour comes from and the ethical story behind mm. them, whether it's, you know, veganism um, and general sustainability. So how can colourists be really clear to their guests that they are doing both, that they are being creative and they're mm. looking after their hair, but they are also being, for want of a better phrase, an eco-warrior, that they are really upholding mm. those values. Well, that's a really valid point that you've said, um, the first point that you made, because no hairdresser wants to seem like they're selling. I'll be really yeah. honest from my perspective. I mean, obviously I work for a hair care brand, but I've never been the, the world's greatest seller at selling retail. I've been good at selling what I feel passionate about. That's yeah. what I would say. And, you know, to really kind of help to promote being a naturally derived um, sort of having a, a naturally derived product in your salon and having that technology, something that I like to focus on is like one thing at a time. And just to kind of give you a bit of a background about kind of Aveda salons and how naturally derived ingredients have really grown their business. I often would go into an Aveda location and I would say to the, the salon, you know, who's your biggest competitor in, in this right. town, right? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the time, I, I don't say who's your biggest salon competitor, I just say who's your biggest competitor? Who's your biggest colour competitor? And a lot of the time they'll say, oh, the salon over the road or a salon that's equivalent size to them in that local town. And then I often say, actually, your biggest competitor is non-professional colour. 
Because imagine if we could take non-professional colour away for a second, how busy would we be with all of these clients and guests coming in? Everybody has colour. So I said, something that we need to do is create a point of difference between professional colour in the salon and non-professional colour. And what makes us different is the techniques that we can do, but also the amazing products with the amazing technology and and evade natural ingredients that we have in there. So what I did is I did kind of like a little test with with my salons and said, all I want you to do is learn one ingredient. So let's say that ingredient is babassu, which adds shine and condition to your hair. And at the end of every service, I just want you to say when you're celebrating how beautiful that look is, this contains babassu and it's an amazing ingredient which makes your hair super shiny. What we found was, was clients were calling back for their next appointment or when they were rebooking on the day and they were saying, could I have that same colour with the babasu in? I have to have that colour. So I think there's yeah. a story to tell there about getting your guest involved and giving them that, that level of experience. Um, yeah. And that's how I would sort of implement it into, into salon day-to-day life. Yeah, I think and involving the client and and empowering them because people are interested, as you say, they want mm. to know a lot more about what they're consuming, mm. you know, whether Absolutely. it's internally or, or externally. I think um, from, I was just going to say from an eco-warrior perspective as well, which I love that dialogue, I've written that yeah. down, I'm going to pinch that. Our mission has always been to be sustainable, to be green, to be clean, and to really give back to local communities. And I think that, you know, hair colour, a bit of hair colour really is hair colour to feel good about. And um, an example of that, all of our packaging is post-consumer recycled from the carton right the way down to the plastic lid which yeah. is a really important thing to evade a salons. But, you know, a lot of, a lot of younger sort of um, future professionals and assistants that are filtering through onto shop floor, they're the ones asking these questions a lot of the yeah. time. It's not kind right. of the, the, the experience does. The new ones like, oh, tell me about, you know, how eco-friendly you are as a salon. And I yeah. think that it's really important to, to kind of keep up to date with that. But also Aveda as a brand... We, um, how we source our naturally derived ingredients is really important to us. We, we kind of responsibly source them, whether it's from um, local communities in Brazil, which help to support the ecosystem, the rainforest, kind of right the way through to kind of like organic farming. We make sure that we, we really source those ingredients in the right way. And I think that that's a really great thing to include in your day-to-day conversations if you are, are kind of that eco-warrior 100%. or hero. Uh- Hundred percent, you know, and and um, initiatives like the Veganuary that took place this year mm. with um, Aveda working um, on keeping, you know, veganism the story in January through to Earth Month yeah. through to lots of things you do, and I think clients want to know that they it's like belonging to something. So it's mm-hmm. like you know, people like to be advocates for brands that they love, and they yeah. like to have a sort of backstory and to be able to share it. So I think. It is great for colorists to to feel proud about sharing. Whether it's, I think it's a great technique that you suggested in in taking the one ingredient, and, you know, rather than trying to remember it all, take mm. one or two things to share. But events like that, I think, are, are really interesting to talk about. One of the things that I loved recently seeing on Instagram was the Aveda competition to take something from nature mm. and give a photograph on Instagram of your inspiration from nature and then the way you had played that out in hair colour. And I thought that was really interesting. Some people take yes. very vibrant, you know, colours from flowers or from, you know, nature, vegetation. Mm. Other people had gone with sort of, there was somebody had worked with emulating the grain of a cut tree yes. trunk, you yes. know, and I just yes. think things like that it was so clever what people mm-hmm. saw and then also, you know, put that through... And I think even 
talking in those terms to your client, you know, saying, let's make, um, let's, let's go with recreating the grain of wood in the mm. colour service that we're doing, or let's, you know, emulate the sort of daffodil flower but there's even tones within that sort of daffodil yellow kind of thing yeah. so I think it's really for sure I mean when you look at fashion itself like we, we are you're in Middle East and Africa we've just within that region we've just put out a, a, a spring summer trends and a lot of it is focused around the mill fleur trend of London Fashion Week, which means a thousand flowers in French. And if you, even if you look on the high street a lot at the moment, kind of nature is, is kind of all around. But yeah, absolutely. I think that there's a real powerful piece in the competition that we've just run. And they did it in North America and had such success with it. So we decided to replicate it in the UK and the Australian region are doing it now. And I think that what's been really great about that is so many regions are in lockdown at the moment. Um, however, you've still got this camera roll full of, of amazing hair. So why don't we go through that, go through yeah. that camera roll, find, find those beautiful images and link it to a really inspirational plant or, or image that inspires you. And what a lot of people naturally started doing as well, because it was evoking all of these kind of psychological feelings around color as they started to come up with descriptive words to support it as well and kind of storytelling through the, through these beautiful images. So honestly, it's, it's been one of the the most amazing competitions, digital competitions anyway, yeah. that I've seen. So No, fantastic. I loved it. So anybody listening, you can jump on the Instagram for Aveda UK. Uh, we have it also on our um, colorworlduk.com site. There's a story on there. So we'll put that in the show notes at mm -hmm. the end of the podcast as well. So what kind of things have been inspiring you? So we talked about how you sort of set up a studio at home and, and with the creativity and the need to work, scrolling through social media or talking to people, working on things. What have you seen coming through from the colour community that you found quite exciting, quite provocative? I just think that, you know, right now, hairdressing is such a, a fast-paced sort of environment, isn't it? It's almost like fashion. Things are changing really, really quickly all the time. And I think that what's interesting is that hasn't changed at all. Yeah. You know, it's not like we've gone into lockdown and everything's paused, everything's stopped, and then we kind of pick up where we left off when we, when we come out of lockdown. I just think that when we've been looking on social media, it's been really interesting to see hairdressers that maybe kind of weren't as creative beforehand and were maybe kind of in their day-to-day -day life doing those same highlights and global colour application that they're actually kind of getting the money head out and they're kind of yeah. doing these crazy colours and they're playing around with different formulas that they never would have used. I yeah. think that, you know, there's something very much to say about every hairdresser has their year of faithful formulas. So they're formulas that they go to every time. And, you know, everybody, everybody that's listening to this, they'll understand. And I yeah. think that what's been quite nice to see and what's really been inspiring me is people have been messaging me and being like, I really want to try this. I really want to try this technique. I really want to personalize my color techniques more. And I think that it's been really great to see how education has evolved as well. And I'm, I'm interested yeah. because... I think that education is, is a great platform to motivate yourself and, and grow your ability. But what I've noticed is people are actually coming on these virtual educations and then they're actually, they've got the time to practice what they've yes, learned. Yes, yes. Interesting point, actually. Because I think, you know, over the years, education um, wrongly is often something that goes, you know, when you don't have time or you don't mm. have budget. Um, 
that might be the thing that you're tempted to sort of cut back on. But mm. actually, in the last 12 months, it's almost been the focal points been mm. on education. So it's kind of like ma- making up for it. Yeah. As you say, to then have the time to actually practice and play and explore further something that, that you've learned online is really interesting. What do you think will happen? So what do you think that we will see here in the UK the clients asking for when we go back? So the clients, their hair's been growing, getting longer. Some of them will have learned to cope with it. Mm. Some of them will hate it. Do you think we're going to to have a chance to try out these sort of bold or quite um, progressive techniques? Or do you think people are going to be like, whoa, hang on a minute, I got caught out before. I need to have something very soft and subtle in case I have to live with it for longer. Mm. So something that I've been talking about a lot is, is, you know, we don't have to completely change your guest's identity just because of lockdown. And I wouldn't encourage anybody to do that. So if you have a guest that wants red hair and that's their thing, don't change it. But something that we can do is we can just adapt it. So something that I'm talking about a lot with the network right now is kind of opaqueness, semi-opaqueness or or transparent. So for example, maybe that guest usually comes in every four to six weeks and has a super opaque, you know, vibrant version of red. What we can talk to them about is ways of using sort of clear and adapting that color to be a softer, more um, sort of fade friendly result by doing it a bit more transparent. So I think that something that we do at Aveda with our salons which and, and salon guests, which is really interesting, is we, we do something called guest segmentation. It sounds really boring, but it's actually really interesting. <laughs> yeah. And what it is, is it's kind of putting your guest into kind of like a slight category of, you know, are they a millennial? Are they Gen Z? Um, are they a whisper guest? Are they an assertive guest? Are they a confident guest? And it's a great way to sort of figure out exactly what they want from us but also what we can give them as well in return i think that overall from a technique perspective our guests now are expecting us a lot more to personalize their hair so i think that you know color contouring is taking a huge 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 influence right now and i think that you know doing multiple techniques on one head absolutely is the best thing to do so rather than kind of you know going that's a highlight client now we need to be thinking right okay well that's a highlight client maybe she wants those highlights heavier around the face so she can see the blonde but maybe we need to start introducing fade friendly result things like a shadowed rue or you know maybe like a darker panel through the top just so you know, it's just more that that guest and client friendly. But, you know, there's never been a better excuse, has the Nikki, to sit down with every single client and start from scratch. Yeah, and to say this is an opportunity. It's, the, it's like hitting the reset button. Yes. And, you know, that's been talked about a lot in the media, really applying to all aspects of our lives and even, you know, reset the planet and time to breathe and so on. And I think that's, I think that's a really nice way of putting it to, to yeah, say. Absolutely. I think we we work in an industry of are we changing or maintaining? That's kind of what we've always done in the salon. Are we are we changing your colour? Are we changing it up? Or are you quite happy with how that's looking? Should we continue on that journey? And yeah. I think that now, no matter we know if, if you ever go three months in between visits, you need to have that full fifteen to twenty minute yeah. consultation and, and start from scratch. Well and presumably um to repatch test people as well. Is that um absolutely something that's, you know 
has really got to be done and that actually combining with a consultation mm. is is the perfect opportunity absolutely we we have two company owned locations with Aveda and that's the magic that I love working for Aveda to be honest is we actually have our we have our salons we 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 supply color and retail to but we also have our own company locations in Covent Garden and we have one in Dublin as well and it's really interesting to see sort of you know, those sort of guest habits and how they've changed. But something we did in those locations was virtual consultations and virtual yeah. catch-ups. And yeah. that's been super, super successful at kind of securing that client's or that guest's future visit and letting them know that we care and we're here and we're all going through this together, you know? Yeah. Education is a big part of what you do. Yes. I think, you know, we're all beginning to be quite concerned, quite mindful of how tough it is for the younger people who are not necessarily age younger, but but sort of like, you know, the more trainee standard, the people who are sort of more near the beginning of their journey, colour and education. Because one of the things that people have missed massively in the last 12 months is the opportunity to stand and watch, to be part of a, a workshop, to be part of a, mm. a, a seminar, yeah. to have somebody actually sort of stand next to you and say, right, this is how you do it. Obviously, the digital education has been amazing and, mm. you know, what we've all put in place is quite staggering mm. but how do you think it's going to be for trainees and younger people who've missed out do you think they're going to be able to catch up how do you think that's going to play out in the next 12 months say you know I, th- I think first of all like I'd say from an Aveda perspective we're not where where we were a year ago in regards to the content we're delivering and how we're delivering education so for example we've, we've educated now between eight and ten thousand people online since last April, I believe. That's a huge amount of, of hairdressers, isn't it? And I think yeah. that a year ago, if you'd said to, to any hairdresser, probably including me, I want you to sit down for two hours and learn a hair colour or a haircut or this, this theory content online. I'd be like, no, I'm not doing that. And everybody's felt so comfortable with kind of getting yeah. online now. But something that I would say for those those future professionals and those trainees is just because you're kind of in furlough, maybe you're not in the salon right now, it doesn't mean that you can't learn. You know, you have this whole digital um, arena out there, whether it be through your product provider, through e-learning resources, but also just sitting on social media. Like how many hours do you spend Nikki a day like just scrolling through people's yeah. hair looks on Instagram? There's so much to learn out there. But the, the only thing that I would say is you learn so much at that level from your peers. And for anybody that's listening that are training and, you know, I was very much that person when I was training, I was there with the foil, you know, I was kind of passing up, I wanted to see. I think that it's working with your peers in the salon that you work in um, to really kind of get them to guide you and and create an education plan for you in place so you can really see light at the end of the tunnel. Because I think that, say we're in lockdown for another two months, like that is when you're a trainer, a trainee, sorry, that is a long, long, long time to spend yeah. you know not practicing so maybe don't see it as an overwhelming length of time but to try and say okay if this is going to be used efficiently mm. how can I do that exactly um, and I, I think you made a very um good comment there is talk to your trainer yeah. whether it's you know somebody the salon owner or whether it's your team leader or, or whether mm-hmm. you're in formal education and ask them to help you with that because mm-hmm. I think the prospect putting together your own programme of education is quite hard, yeah. but actually, yes, ask. Find, ask find your favourite hairdresser on YouTube or on Instagram and just 
kind of message them and say, hey, I'm training, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. If you've got any advice, like anything like that, there's, there's yeah. just so much out there. There really That's is. That's true. People are very accessible in a way that yes. they might not have been because they also will be sitting at home f- wanting to feel needed and, and mm. appreciated. So I think most of us would be very open to that. So yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I think from a, a wider industry perspective as well, I think that one of the unique things about this beautiful hairdress industry that we're in is, you know, you don't just, you get salons. But then you get chair renters, you get self-employed hairdressers, you get mobile hairdressers. Everybody's doing this industry, but in a slightly different format. And I think, you know, it's the same for those mobile hairdressers or those self-employed hairdressers that maybe don't surround themselves with a larger team. Just reach out on social media, talk to us, get involved because there's so many platforms out there including Colour World and, and everything that you stand for, Nikki. Like, it's, it's yes, unbelievable. I know. Gosh, well, we're planning the next um, Colour World TV. So mm. I can't believe that's come around again. But yeah, it is. It's, mm. And it keeps us all going. It's it's the life force, if you like. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Joe, that's been brilliant. It's been really lovely to, to chat with you. I think our time is up. We've talked about a lot. Do you know what? It's been lovely. I could talk and talk and talk. I really could. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us. And I really appreciate you sharing an insight into your Aveda world of colour and veganism. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to my guest, Joe Hill from Aveda, who was sharing so much insight and thought about what's been happening and what is coming up for colour salons in the UK. If you like what you listen to, please don't forget to visit us on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts, as we have hundreds of conversations with the hairdressing industry about a range of topics. You're sure to find something there to intrigue you. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate and review us as that helps to drive us up the charts and get hairdressing podcasts more seen. Until next time, goodbye.